Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. I'm here with Alan, and we're here at your service. So if you have any car questions, the lines are wide open. All you call is 602-508-0960, and we'll get to you as quickly as we can. 602 602- 508-0960. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Quality Transmissions. All transmission overhauls are not the same because there's lots of parts that some choose to replace and others don't. Obviously, there's a risk associated, but if you're only going to get a year warranty, then all they have to do is make sure that part will last a year and a month, and then they're not going to be responsible. So you have to to know what's included in the price and then you also have to look at the shop's reputation and maybe check their Better Business Bureau record. Quality, you don't need to do worry about that because quality will do what they say. They're going to use the correct parts and if you have a problem, they're going to take care of it with no hassle. We all know how it feels to be taken for a ride or sold something we don't need, but if you want honest answers about a transmission problem, give Bob or Steve a call at Quality Transmission. They're located in Tempe on McClintock North of University in Tempe. Okay, uh, Alan, my uh, Alan sitting next to me here just showed me a picture of uh, last week when we were all up at the ranch. He has a four-year-old daughter, Lexi. Now, Lexi is no bigger than... Well, there was a bullfrog in the, in the garden, and the bullfrog, it's, it, the bullfrog was bigger than a softball. Yeah. Would you agree? Yes. Lexi's four years old. He has a picture on his phone of Lexi holding this bullfrog. It looks... <laughs> I wish you would... It's as, almost as big as her head. Yeah. But the boys, now, your two boys, they, they wouldn't have anything to do with the bullfrog? My five- and seven-year-olds would have nothing to do with that. Well, they're... 35-year-old dad would have nothing to do with that bullfrog either. No, 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 no. I see him every morning at the back do door. Every morning at the back He's door. He's a big guy. Yeah, He's well, and there's a bunch of babies all over at the back because the dogs run out the back door in the morning, and there's that grass there. Yeah. And there's these little frogs jumping all over yeah. the place. Well, the dogs chase the frogs. And I've got them now where the dogs, when they chase the frogs, these frogs are no bigger than like a quarter. A quarter. Yeah. Well, they put their paw down, and of course, they kill some. So now they, they, I've got them broke of that habit, so they just chase the frogs. Yeah. But anyway, it's pretty impressive that Lexi did it. But I, I want to remind you that, that there's a story here that the English teacher, Pam, pulls into the parking lot of the Thomas Jefferson Middle School, and she flags down Vice President Dominic. I wasn't sure what happened. I may have run over a cat, but I'm hearing some meow soundings coming from the front of my car, and I'm afraid to look, the teacher says. So the vice principal, Dominic, says, no problem. So he chases her off to her class, and he's got the car keys, and he opens up the hood, but he doesn't see anything, but then he hears a soft meow. I unlatched the the hood and moved it over, and then there was this cute little button face sitting there behind the engine block. It took the vice principal, Dominic, about 15 minutes to coax, coax the little black ball, fur ball into his arms, and then he took him into his office. I gave him some water. He ran around a bit, adding that, this, that the student animal club had a blast with the unexpected feline hitchhikers, who they named Midnight. Well, at the end of the day, 
and the teacher Pam decides to adopt the kid the kitten who appears to be in good health why is that important Alan why don't you tell them about the time that you and a girlfriend were coming back from the ranch and you were running a little late and I got really angry with you why don't you tell them about why you were running late well I don't know why I was running late I I know that I was running late and driving too fast and we hit a deer and uh that was a very very traumatic uh, situation but for who for me for you and, yeah and for my passenger what was but, her name but they um was her name Shannon yeah this is an old girlfriend yeah and Shannon but let me get this straight are you going to get to the part of the story where you're in the truck yeah and you tell Shannon to get out and see if the deer who's embedded in the front of your truck is yeah. okay? Yeah. We were right by uh, Suara Lake, and we hit this deer, and we were kind of in shock. So we pull over. Everything was dead, you know? Everything was dead? Er, er, the the, electri the electrical in the truck obviously was okay. dead. So we were kind of sat in there, sitting there, and after about 30, 40 seconds, maybe a minute, minute and a half, she goes, well, are you going to get out and look? And I said, well, heck no, I'm not getting out and look. You get out and look. <laughs> And uh, she said, well, I don't want to get out and look. And I said, well, I don't either. I don't know what's up there. So we just proceeded to sit there for a couple minutes. And so finally, I um, I opened up my door. Well, good for me. I couldn't get my door open because the fender was pushed over my door. So I couldn't get my door open and my window was up. So I said, well. And you, like I... and you wouldn't fit through the window anyway. No. So I said, well, it looks like I can't get out. You're going to have to get out. So um, – she couldn't get out either, so I ended up having to just bend the fender back, and I got out and kind of like, like poked around the corner like I was looking for a burglar, and obviously nothing was in there. But uh, yeah, that was a scary, that was a scary evening. Boy. What, wasn't she the one that actually checked to see if there was any vital signs on the deer? No, no, it I, wasn't I, you. No, 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 we didn't even see the deer. As a matter of fact. But um, I, I will tell you the, the weirdest thing ever. So we hit this deer, and we get out, and we're just traumatized. We're, I don't even know, 18, 19 years old. What about the deer? We never even – it was way back, a half, quarter mile back at least. I'm a dead. He's oh, traumatized. Yeah, sure. Oh, you're comparing your trauma oh, with his? So, we, so we're there, and we ended up calling the, calling the police, or, or I don't even know if we did. The person – anyway, guy walks up to us, <laughs> and he says this, – this old, this old cowboy, kind of a cooter guy, he says – he walks up, and I'm thinking to myself, um, you know, what, what's he going to do? With he walks up, and he goes, he didn't ask us if we're okay. He doesn't ask us if we need help. He doesn't ask us if, if we need him to call the police. He goes, hey, y'all want that deer? <laughs> and I said, excuse me? And he said, y'all want that deer? And I said, not really. And he said, well, you mind if I have it? I said, no, I don't. You're more than welcome to. <laughs> okay, thank you. And... Waved at me and turned around and walked away. Never saw the guy again. I, I saw him drive by about 20 minutes later with the deer in the back. And <laughs> I swear to God, never said, how are you guys doing? Or, is everything okay? Nothing. Just, y'all want that deer? That was what, it. And, and, and Shannon. And I ended, up getting a, I ended up getting a ticket for that. Yeah. For uh, illegal hunting. Fast. No, 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 no. Oh, illegal <laughs> hunting or something. Some ridiculous uh, ticket. Do you remember how much damage you did to your truck? A lot. A whole lot. Twelve thousand dollars yeah. worth of damage to your Didn't truck. Didn't it displace like twenty-eight inches of steel or something yeah. like that? Or yeah. I mean, it was all the way to the water pump. It was crazy. That was a, that was a yeah. <laughs> the best part of the story is 
Shannon gets out to check on the deer. No, or she damn didn't. It. Yeah. She, I tried to get her to, but she no, did not. No, that's not the story you told, because uh, I checked with I don't Mom. Think so. No. No, no. It, 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 it says right here, I remember a time when Alan was afraid to look at the front of his car, too, when he hit a deer. And, the, and she, it talks about Shannon. Yeah, no, no. I got out and looked at the deer. Uh. I tried to get to make her get out. <laughs> Trust me. I didn't want to see what was under there. All righty. Who have we got, Gil? Herb. Herb, good morning, Herb. How are you today? What can we do for you? Hi, Herb. Excellent. Um, we got a 2002 Dodge minivan, and uh, I was checking it the other night or just you know, making sure the doors were locked, and I heard the uh, fans, the cooling fans for the radiator were buzzing away. Uh-huh. The thing hadn't been run for all day, and uh, so I put a charger on it, and you know, eventually the things just went off, and, and a couple days later, <laughs> with without it being running for a day, why the cooling fans were going and going and going and wouldn't shut off. So okay. finally disconnected the battery. But I was wondering what what can cause that. I'm pretty sure there's a timer in that system. I'm pretty sure there's a timer where we're going to run those cooling fans after you shut the key off for some short period of time. Right. You know, he had said the car hadn't been run all day. No, I understand oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. I understand I'm that. Sorry. But if we have a bad timer, the timer can oh, turn I on see. the I fans or turn off the fans at its leisure. I didn't see where you were going yeah. with that. Okay. So, uh, and it's an electronic timer. So it can be affected by heat or cold or moisture, all kinds of stuff. In your particular case, the technician's going to need a, a schematic, and he's going to know where the timer's at, and he's going to know which one it is. It's important for you to determine when the fans are running, is there one or two fan, or do you know? Both. Both. Okay, and you saw both of them operating? Yes. Okay. I'm pretty sure that that's part of the air conditioning system. I'm pretty sure that we're going to operate both fans when you turn on the air. So the question now becomes, if Mark's right, if the question now becomes is... Is something in the AC still alive and telling the computer to turn on the electric cooling fans? Or how come that circuit even has a, a, a brain right now because the key is in your pocket? And so if the key's in the pocket, then why? Or are we backfeeding from the, from the timer? Are we backfeeding the fans? Because the timer has to have control of the fans, the ground and the power to the fans. So when we want the fans to come on, we're going to go to the timer and we're going to say, turn them on. And then we say, when we pull the power, then you hang on to it for another three or four minutes and just let those cooling fans run. Let's cool the car off real quick and then shut the fans off. So I'm pretty sure it has a timer, and I'm pretty sure that it's going to be operational after you turn the key off. And, and it would be this simple. If I were the guy working on your car or whoever you pick, I'm hoping he's going to say this. I'm going to unplug the timer. You don't need the air conditioning right now. And I want for the next three or four days you just to listen for the fans. If they don't come on, then here, here's the timer. You plug it back into this plot right here. And if the fans come back on and stay on longer than three or four or five minutes, then I want you to come back and I'll give you a new relay. And we'll stick the re new timer in there and we'll see what happens. That's the kind of interaction, um, uh, the kind of shop you want to pick. All righty. All righty. Where do you live? What part uh, of town? What part of town? North Central. Okay. Do you have a garage that you go to that you like? No. Okay. <laughs> do you live near Bell and I-17 or do you live off the 51? Uh, 17, yeah, 51 in Glendale. 
51 in Glendale. You can go north on the 51 up to Bell, and there's Kelly Clark up there at 40th and Bell. Um, you can zip over to the 17, and um, I've got Kurtz Automotive at Bell and I-17. And from the south, I've got another Kelly Clark at 12th Street in Glendale. That might be kind of close to you. Yeah, that's close. And uh, that's about it. But that's you. I, I think you did a great job. And, and the two things you said that were so important to my ears is is that neither car had been run in a long period of time. That's that is perfect because that tells me I'm not chasing a problem with a bad sensor that's telling the computer the engine's hot so it turns the fan on. That's perfect. But it's an intermittent. <laughs> well, that you know, that that's that's understandable. But still, um, if I I think there's some middle ground here. You're right; it's intermittent. But maybe this. Why don't you just find out where the relay's at, where the timer's at, and then when the fans come on and you catch it and it's intermittent problem, you unplug the relay, the fans go off, and we're halfway home. Now the relay's on the uh, like the fender well <laughs> okay. down below the air cleaner, so it's. Okay, but there, if there's a timer, it's going to look like a relay, but it's going to actually have a timer in it. But okay. it could be the relay. Do this. Do you know where the relay's at? Can you touch the relay? Um, my arm is longer. Okay. Well, take a broomstick, okay? And when the yep. fans are running, open the hood gently. Don't jar anything. Take a broomstick. Take something that extends your hand and tap that relay. And if, the, and, and, and if you do that twice and the fans stop working, that relay's defective, and you better add $5 to the plate. Okay? Excellent. Thanks right. so much. Good luck to you. Thank you very much. When we come back, we'll take your call, 602-508-0960. You're welcome to call us. The lines are wide open. There's five of them, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. D&B Auto has been providing honest, quality work at a fair price for the past 20 years. The owners, Dan and Betsy Glauber, have been at the same location for all of those 20 years. They are located at the southwest corner of 27th Avenue and Maryland. People go to D&B Auto because they have been referred by other happy customers who say they will not take their vehicles anywhere else. They have been on Mark Salem's best car repair shops list for years. D&B Auto is a member of the BBB, ASA, and have ASE certified technicians. They work on both foreign and domestic vehicles. If you live anywhere near 27th Avenue in Maryland, give them a call at 602-249-2103. They will even give you a ride to and from your home or office. D&B Auto has been providing honest, quality work at a fair price for the past 20 years. The owners have been at the same location for all of those 20 years. Give them a call at 602-249-2103. We hear ads all the time from owners or salespeople who try to convince us that their company is the best. But wouldn't a testimony from a customer be the most convincing, especially if it was someone you knew? Mike Aliyah here again from Benefit Air to let you hear from our client and friend whom you do know, Mr. Tom Brown. Thanks, Mike. For the last several years, I've been the chief engineer here at the radio station, and Benefit Air has been the one that I turn to for all the station's AC needs. Our transmitters put out a lot of heat, and we have to run our units all day, every day, year-round. Benefit has kept our units well-serviced and running great. On one occasion last year, our units were vandalized at 3 in the morning. Now remember, I need cooling all day, every day, or I cannot run the transmitter. Benefit found replacement units, installed them, and had us up and cooling by that afternoon. Crisis averted. Do I recommend Benefit Air? You bet I do. All day, every day, all year round. Thank you, Tom. 
Call us today at 602-840-9229 or go to BenefitAir.com. Experience the benefit of using Benefit Air. Okay, so just type the job website address here. That's it. Then you enter what job you're looking for there. Electrician. This is Peter. Recently, he got help going on the internet for the first time to look for a new job. Okay, then you just hit search and... In the past, Peter's gotten work through people he knew, but he heard there were more jobs online. There we go. These are all for me? Uh-huh. Really? He had no idea just how many. I can't believe it. This one looks good. Peter is thinking the internet might be for him after all. And this is just one website. Wow. Why didn't I do this sooner? See what the internet can help you do at everyoneon.org or call 1-855-387-9166 to find a free training class near you. Brought to you by Connect to Compete and the Ad Council. Got an iPhone, BlackBerry, or smartphone? Download the Patriot app for your phone. Just go to your app store or log on to 960thepatriot.com today. The Patriot. Welcome back, everybody. 21 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Alan's sitting here next to me. We're at your service. If you'd like to join us, we got two lines open right now, 602-508-0960. Let me tell you about Kurt's Auto Repair, which is what I just talked to Herb about just a minute ago. But Kurt's Auto Repair is at is at I-17 in Bell. He's on the northeast corner. He's been around a long time. He has a great staff, a staff that has, they actually have... What's the word I'm looking for? Personality. Oh, yeah. They're nice people. They talk. And one of the things Kurt and his wife do is is that if you're a brand-new customer, never been in before, and you trust them to work on your car within a day or so, Kurt's wife will deliver some homemade pastries to you. That's something that we used to do in the 50s and 60s and sometimes in the 70s, but we haven't done it for a long time. So it's a great place. If you live anywhere within a five-mile radius of Bell and I-17 and you don't have a good garage, may I suggest Kurtz Automotive. He's been, Again, I-17 and Bell, northeast corner, gas, diesel, maintenance, diagnosis. He does everything really, really well, but what he doesn't, he'll tell you. So there's no paying for on-the-job training at Kurtz Automotive. He's only going to charge you for what you're going to benefit from, and he makes that clear. Kurtz Automotive, I-17 and Bell. All right, let's go to the phones, and let's go with Bob. Bob, good morning to you. How can we help you? Morning, fellas. Uh, I've got a Camry Hybrid, and I was just wondering, uh, at some point in time when I need brakes on that, do I need to take it to the dealer to have the brakes done because they're regenerative? No, and here's, here's why that even is an issue. During the process of doing brakes on hybrids and, and, and a variety of other cars, you're going to have to have a scanner that tells the computer you're working on it. So we're going we're gonna to use the scanner to release the calipers, in some cases, to apply the calipers, in other cases, because when we replace the brake pads, we have to push those pistons deep within the well of the calipers to fit the new fat pads back in there. Mm-hmm. So, and then when we do a bleeding process, if we open the system and we do a bleeding process, then we have to b- use a scanner to do that as well. So, the question is, is to the independent garage, have you ever done one? And if you have, do you have the necessary equipment to send me out the door with no ramifications that need to be addressed in the next day? So you don't really want someone to do the brakes and then send you to the dealer to have them reset everything. Uh That's not in your best interest. 
So and 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 that there's we're getting that more and more and more, and and membership to the cloud is getting more and more expensive as well. If I if I want to have access to all the General Motors updates and transmission software and engine software and suspension software and analog brake software, my costs are going to start here at. In, in the very near future, I'm going to be over $2,000 a month. Wow. Now, that $2,000 a month isn't all General Motors, but I'm trying to cover the top 75% of the cars out there. So if a car only represents 1% of the market, I'm not likely to subscribe mm-hmm. to that software because it, it, I have a 1 in 100 chance of seeing yeah. that car. In, in your case, your Camry, your Toyota is going to be one of the top five cars out there. Even though it's a hybrid. Even though it's a hybrid, we're still the the software can determine between your hybrid and the gas and and even diesel application. Okay. But but the, if you have a scanner for a, a Toyota, you're going to have a scanner for software okay. or for the hybrid. Okay. Yep, I'm close to B and D, and I've always been satisfied with their work. Just ask him. Just ask him. Have you ever done one before? And he may say. I don't know, and you say, well, would you check to make sure you can perform the necessary um, work with your scanner to put me back the way you are? And he goes, yeah, no problem. So that's all I have to do. Okay, thank you very much. All right, good luck to you. Thank you very much for calling. Dennis, you're up next. How are you today? Hey, good morning, Mark. I have a um, 30-foot travel trailer that uh, I've never pulled. It's sitting on the side of my, my garage. And I'm, I'm in the market. I, I want to buy a new truck. Now, I don't see myself pulling this thing, but maybe once or twice a year. Can I get away with uh, getting a decent heavy-duty half-ton? Or, it's like I said, it's a 30-foot. Okay, here's what I want you to do. You say it's close by where you're at right now? Oh, the placard is worn. You can't, re- you can't read the placard. I, I got plan B. Okay. No, it's not. I'm I'm away from home right now. Okay. But here's what you have to do. And and the answer to your question off the top of my head is no. You're not going to pull it with a heavy duty half ton. Um, a 30 footer. I'll bet that each one of those tires is going to have a maximum load of three or four thousand pounds. Now you have four tires, and if they're all three thousand pounds, you got a twelve thousand pound weight on the trailer if the if you have four tires and they're four thousand pounds we go to sixteen thousand pounds and if they're five thousand pound tires times four we're big so the 30 foot doesn't tell me much but the tire weight the the maximum load of each tire will give me an idea now the two axles on that trailer they're it's going to be two four thousand pound axles two five thousand pound axles and it could be two six thousand pound axles so if we've got two fours, then we're eight, and two fives, and two sixes. We really need to know, but here's the most important part. Whatever you buy has to have a gross combined weight rating, GCWR. Gross combined is truck, trailer, and the load in both of them cannot exceed this. So if you're combined and you add up the gross on the truck and the gross on the trailer. And let's say the truck is at 8 and the trailer is at 12, that's 20. But if the gross combined of the truck you're looking at is only 18, you're 2,000 pounds shy of being legal. But uh, without the placard, is there a way on the axle or, or this will it, if I look at the tires, is there a way of telling what type of axle that is? Well, um, if you look at the tires, whether they're 5-lug uh, or 6-lug or 8-lug is going to help us. 
Um, I would probably take a picture of it and go over to Auto Safety House and ask one of those guys to look at the pictures, and they can probably identify them. Another place you could take it to would be Dunbar Leaf and Spring, and he can tell you what axles you've got underneath that. But even more important than that, why not just use the uh, model number of the trailer and Google it and just go uh, weight sticker? Yeah, I don't. Um, like I said, the placard is is gone. It's not embossed. It was. Uh, I put my thumb on it, and it just everything okay. went away. I know, but we know the name and we know the model of the trailer. Yeah. And you know the year, right? Right. So there's books out there uh, on the internet. I bought a motor the other day for a boat, and this motor was made in 1977. I googled the model number, and I can tell you everything about that outboard motor you'd ever want to know. And so in your particular case, I, I think you can find the answer to the, the, the gross vehicle weight, GVW. You want the gross vehicle weight of the trailer, you're going to add that to the gross vehicle weight of the truck, and that cannot exceed the gross combined weight. And the gross combined weight is only written in the owner's manual of the truck you're going to buy. So You're not going to find that on a sticker. Okay, so actually now I'm thinking of, it, I'm not even looking at... Um, Playing it safe and getting a three-quarter ton, I might need a one-ton. Is that right? No, I think you, it depends on what the inside looks like and if there's a generator, how much water, how much sewer does it hold. I mean, if you got 100 gallons worth of gray and black and you got 100 gallon fresh, oh, yeah, probably a three-quarter or a big one-ton or, or a big three-quarter or a, a, a one-ton. But on the other hand, if it's a, kind of a bare model and we don't have two roof air sitting on the top of it and there's no generator and you're only running 60, 60 gallons of water and you got 30 in the gray and 30 in the black, then all of a sudden maybe a, a, a good have a three-quarter ton would do. Okay, okay. But I'll tell you what, though. I'm, I'm willing to continue to help you. MarketMarkSalem.com. Okay, MarketMarkSalem.com. I'll help you with this. I'm really great. good at what we're talking about. Great, great. Right. Well, I'm going to get some better information and then I'll, I'll email you. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much, Dennis. Thank you. All righty, David, I can't get to you right now, but I'll be back in three minutes or less, and I'll get to you right away. We've got open line 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. This is Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. Over the years, we've noticed we get two types of customers. One customer drives into our shop at the first sign of a problem, and the other waits until the vehicle breaks down and has to be towed in. The drivers who bring us their transmissions right away often catch the problem in the early stages while it's still a minor problem. The other customers push their vehicles so the minor problem becomes major. So if you're ignoring the signs that your transmission needs service, won't you stop by Quality Transmission Service today while you have the best chance of getting good news about the repair? The problem won't go away on its own. Find out for yourself why customers love us. Check out our listing on Mark Salem's website, Best Car Repair Shops in Phoenix. At Quality Transmission Service in Tempe, we'd love to make you our customer, but only you can choose which type of customer you'll be. You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online. They're proud of their A-plus rating. They have ASC certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Auto offers a free cursory inspection, the same as some charge $49 for. They offer a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. 
If you live in the Northwest area, you have two Thunderbird autos to choose from. One at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria, just west of the 101. And one at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise. That's just south of Grand Avenue. For more information, see ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. During his recent sit-down with new Meet the Press anchor Chuck Todd, President Obama seemed surprised and wholly unprepared for Todd's pressing him on his flip-flop on the president's threat to go rogue on immigration. The president made a spectacular and revealing slip of the tongue when responding to Todd's follow-up. Looks like politics. I mean, it looks like election year politics. Not only do I want to make sure that the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, but here's the other thing, Chuck, and I'm being honest now, about the politics of it. He went on to explain why something besides the politics is different now. This was the president under pressure from Chuck Talk begging to be believed now that he has entered into a period of irredeemable credibility collapse at home and abroad. I'm being honest now. Nobody believes him. Not our friends abroad, not our enemies, not even his own political base. I'm Hugh Hewitt. I'm being honest now. This townhall.com commentary is brought to you by the Salem Radio Network. The Dennis Prager Show. So Mozilla, which makes Firefox, as I say, fired their CEO for one reason. Because in 2008, he donated $1,000 in support of Proposition 8, the California measure that would have defined marriage in California, in the Constitution of California, as one man and one woman. There you go. Destroy any person who believes that marriage should be defined as a man and a woman. Leftism and totalitarianism are related. All totalitarianism, with very few exceptions in the 20th century, was on the left. Just remember that. No, nobody talks about that. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 9, right before Michael Medved at noon, on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Mark Salem, Alan here with me as well. We're talking about cars and motorhomes and RVs and electric fans that are running all the time and hybrid brakes and all that kind of stuff. And if you have a a question about your car, about your RV, about your diesel, about tire inflation, about uh, can I how big of a tire can I go, all that kind of stuff, those are all well within our wheelhouse, and we can answer those questions. The easy way to do it is just call us at 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And this portion of our show is brought to you by Action Auto. He's a full-service, family-owned, operated auto repair shop that's been serving the Deer Valley and the North Phoenix area since 1983. Tom You only have to meet Tom to know he is a great guy. Tom and his team strive to provide the best automotive service and the repair experience possible. He has ASE Master Certified Technicians, which means they're going to be able to communicate, diagnose, and repair in in that order. They want to help you as car owners understand what they're doing, so they want to spend time with you explaining and talking about symptoms so you can make informed decisions. Action Auto is located at I-17 in Deer Valley, the northwest corner of I-17 in Deer Valley, Action Auto. Been around since 1983. Good guy, I promise. 
All right, let's go to the phones. David, you're up next. David, thank you for holding. How can we help you? Good morning. I got an 07 Dodge 3500 diesel. Okay. And I, and I got a blower motor that if I turn it on, it runs good for a while, and then it just slowly starts slowing down, and then virtually almost to where it has nothing. Okay. I'm. I'm. Is it possible that the air is going? You have three positions on your dash. You have up, middle, and down. I want you to check to see, because this makes a big difference, if we're actually sending all that volume of air somewhere other than where you're looking for it. The diesel, we use a vacuum pump, am I right, on the Dodge, um, the 3500? For the AC? For all vacuum. Oh, um... We have okay. to have something for vacuum for yes. the Dodge. Yes, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Okay, all right. I think they have a vacuum pump on them, and the vacuum pump is going to provide vacuum to control, you know, defrost right, and right, all right. that kind of stuff. So I'm thinking that that if you have a problem where the air, instead of coming out of the center vents, the volume goes to nothing, and you put your hands up on the defrost vents or you put them down on the heater, and the the volume's there, then we've got a vacuum problem. And you said it's a diesel, and diesels don't make vacuum, so we have to artificially give it vacuum. The second thing could be is is that you could have a blower motor that's bad, and the blower motor, the RPM is just winding down to nothing. And if that's the case, you should be able to hear that, and you probably can take your mode switch and go defrost, floor, center vent, and you can, you can move the air around, but it's not going to make any difference. And if that's the case, then I'd be looking at the blower motor, or I'd be looking in the blower motor evaporative case, case area for trash for dog hair for you know old plastic tacos bags. plastic bags all the stuff that we find up there that causes the blower motors struggle you uh, can't imagine how much stuff we've pulled out of blower motors 230,000 miles 330 uh, 230 okay yeah and you you are a prime example for something like that now i don't know if your 07 has a cabin filter but you should find out you should take the cabin filter out and you can look up in there and you might find that the cabin filter is plugged up, and that's restricting the flow. The cabin filter is nothing more than the filter in your house, the air conditioning filters on the return side. So we're taking air from inside the house through a filter, cooling it, and sending it right back into the house. Well, those return air filters is no different than the cabin filter on your truck. And if you're in the desert a lot, in the dirt a lot, then the cabin filter is probably going to be pretty plugged up. And if you haven't changed it in 260,000 miles, that could be your only problem. All righty. One, one second question. I took it in for a clutch problem. When I pressed on the clutch, I could hear it sound like a throw bearing or pressure plate problem. Uh-huh. And I took it in there. They say you want to rebuild it because it damaged the transmission. But I wasn't having any problem shifting anything from first all the way up to second, first sixth, or reverse anything. Okay, so other, other than when you first put it in the gear from a stop, you could push in the clutch, you could hear you could hear like a throw bearing noise. Yeah. Um, they said it it had damaged the transmission, or, or that's what they said. Yeah. Hmm. They they or they said they ground into the throw bearing, ground into the fingers of the clutch. Uh, into the pressure plate. The throw bearing contacts the fingers of the pressure plate. Right. And I got to, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah, but, without seeing it, it's hard yeah. to say. But but I want to tell you something. I've driven trucks 
for a very long time with noisy throwout bearings, and I've never pushed the throwout bearing through the fingers of the of the pressure plate, which means the clutch is no longer working. We've had people come in that way, and if you look them in the eye and you say, this has been going on a long time. Every time you push that clutch pedal, the noise got worse and worse and worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just figured I'd just do it all at the same time. Okay, well, that's fine. It's not going to cost you any more. You got, probably got another year or two out of it that somebody else may not have. So I don't know how they knew that. I don't think you can see up in there. But in your particular case, the first thing I'd want to do is, is find out if that, if that, uh, if, if I have access to the throw bearing and does it have a grease cert. And maybe we shoot some grease up there in the throb bearing, not on it, but in it. The second thing is, is at 260,000 miles, and you got a little bit of a strut. So what? I mean, well, you're, you're, I, I pull a lot of weight with it. I mean, I'm pulling 26,000 on it. Okay, and and is it the original clutch? No, I did it at 100,000. Okay, so now you're at 160 on this second one. Um, you know, the, I don't know. You know, you 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 can you can continue to do it. I promise you this: if there's a long way between now, the first application of the the clutch, first thing in the morning, I got a little bit of noise, but then after that, it goes away. W- between now and the time that, oh my goodness, I can't believe you drove it in here. We're talking about a tremendous amount of time. If you wanted to wait, you could. I can't imagine. Now, when the throttle bearing seizes up and you push it in, the noise is going to be really loud, and, and you're going to know there's a big problem. But at that point, with you driving this truck and hauling those loads, am I stupid in thinking that you can shift that thing without a clutch? No, I can do that. Okay, so so the really the hard thing is is you're at a traffic light and you got to stop, so you put it in first gear and you push the clutch pedal in, and you hit the key of the truck, the engine jumps to life, and you go, and, and then you just back off the throttle like we all we do in the big trucks, and you shift second, third, fourth, fifth, and you just drive on. So I, I don't know. I, I think I'd go back and ask him, show me what you saw. Show me how you know that. And they may say, hey, I took the boot off the f- clutch fork, and I looked inside, and I could see it. Well, can you do that again and let me see what you saw? Yeah, sure, come on over here. Now all of a sudden we have the answer. That's how I deal with it. All righty, David, good luck to you, buddy. And there's another Dodge with 260,000 miles. Yep. All righty. Yep, doesn't surprise me. All righty. Jerry, you stay right there because you're first on my list, and we'll be right back right after this. Hello, I'm Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. As a kid, I was a Boy Scout, which taught me to live my life by honest principles. Through hard work and dedication to those principles, I earned the rank of Eagle Scout. I started Quality Transmission in 1977 and set out to build the most honest and trusted transmission shop in the area. In 2003, Quality Transmission was given the first Business Ethics Award from the local Better Business Bureau, and was presented to me by Steve Forbes of Forbes Magazine. No other transmission shop in the state has earned this award. Quality Transmission is also a charter member of Mark Salem's Best Auto Repair Shops in Phoenix, and we are one of only two transmission shops in the Valley that are AAA-approved auto repair facilities. I ran Quality Transmission using the principles I learned as a Boy Scout, which means that you can trust us to tell it like it is, when you bring your car or truck to Quality Transmission in Tempe. 
Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons Tom and Paul operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Listen up, Phoenix, it's Hugh Hewitt here, and I am asking you, asking you to join me and my pal Bill Bennett, that's right, former Secretary of Education, on October the 2nd, as Bill and I host the Neighborhood Christian Clinic's 15th anniversary dinner. It's been a long time since Bill Bennett and I have shared the same stage, and it will be a memorable, memorable night on behalf of a terrific cause. I can promise you that. Table sponsorships and tickets can be purchased at www.thechristianclinic.org. www.thechristianclinic.org. The Christian Clinic has been restoring lives for 15 years, providing health care to the uninsured working poor of Phoenix. And Bill and I want to thank them and give a memorable night in their honor. So don't miss Bill Bennett and yours truly on October 2nd at the Sheraton Phoenix downtown for the big one-time 15th anniversary of the Neighborhood Christian Clinic. The VIP reception includes a signed book and a photo op with Bill and me. Get your tickets at www.thechristianclinic.org or find a link at 960thepatriot.com, which is proud to support and endorse the Neighborhood Christian Clinic. Welcome back, everybody. 45 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. And before we go on real quick, let me tell you about Action Auto. Um, as a matter of fact, let me tell you about IMM, which is where I'm supposed to be. And forget about don't forget about Action Auto, but I just did, and I didn't mark them off. But IMM. IMM Import Service has been around since 1972. And when I met David, I had a Fiat, and I couldn't fix it. And David helped me. And when you look at the kind of cars that David specializes in at IMM Imports, you'll say to yourself, wow, Volvo's Saab, Fiat, Alfa Romeo. Now, those are the vehicles that most shops struggle with. Now, we can change the oil, but when it comes to actually diagnosing a problem or replacing a clutch on a Saab, it takes a special kind of tech that knows what he's doing that's done that before. So if you have a Volvo, if you have uh, an Asian vehicle, a Swedish vehicle, an Italian vehicle, an Alfa Romeo, a Saab, a Fiat, any of those cars, and you have big problems, or you have a problem that you want somebody who's seen that car before, then IMM Auto Service is a great place to go. David is close to ASU. He's just south and east of the 202 and the 101, in the in the uh, intersection there of Scottsdale to the north, Tempe to the west, and Mesa to the east. So those are the three places. That, that's the area where he's at. IMM Import Service, IMM Auto Service, and he's on the frontage road, southbound frontage road on the west side of the 101. Great place to go. All right, let's go back to the phones and let's talk with Jerry. Jerry, good morning. How can we help you? Good morning, Mark. Uh, I've got a 2002 Dodge Intrepid. It's got a 2.7 motor in it. And uh, it's about 63,000 miles on it, and I'm using some coolant. I don't smell it anywhere. I don't see it anywhere. 
I don't see any drips on the ground. Um, I did a exhaust test on it and kind of came out inconclusive because uh, it started, I ran it for about two minutes, three minutes, saw the bubbles coming up, food never changed color. Waited okay. a little too long, then it started to suck up many freeze changed color on it. Okay. I got it at Kurtz right now. I uh, haven't heard anything back from them, so I'm trying to figure out end of life. Okay. Well, first of all, I hate the test that you ran, which is called a chemical test. Okay. And um, and the easiest way to see Mark Salem go crazy is walk into the to the service rider area and tell one of the service riders that this car has a combustion leak based on that test alone. Okay. That is only one of three tests. Okay. So um, this is this is really kind of simple. If you had a head gasket test, if you had a head gasket problem, you would have a rough idle on a hot restart. Because as the car sits there after you park it and it's hot, we're going to put coolant in the cylinder. That's going to kill the spark. So when you start it up, it's going to rumble a little bit, and it's going to take it another a minute, 60 seconds, maybe two seconds, two, two minutes, to clean out the water of the cylinder to where the car will idle. Okay. You haven't said anything about that. So, no, so it's 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 really I, the chemical test to me is a huge waste of time, and that just wads my underwear up something fierce when somebody says that is the god test of all tests because it isn't. It can be fooled with your breath. So I want to see water in the cylinder. I want to force water into the cylinder. I want to see water coming out of the tailpipe. I want to know definitively that we've got a crossover between coolant and a cylinder. And if you can't pull a spark plug and show me, then I'm not interested in hearing you yap. Not you. I'm talking to a technician of mine. Okay. So, uh, and you're, here's what Kurtz is going to do. He's going he's gonna to do a cold test on it where he's going to pressurize the system about three or four pounds over the cap pressure, and he's going to watch his gauge. And if the gauge just stays steady, and it stays steady for an hour, then he's going to go, okay, this is a warm issue. So then he's going to turn around and do, it, do the same test warm. If the gauge starts falling, he's going to look to see where the water's going. He'll figure it out. He'll find it. Have you put your hand on the floorboard on the passenger side to see if the carpet's wet? Yeah, carpet's not wet. I don't okay. get any smell of any freeze under the hood or in the okay. engine compartment or out the exhaust. All right, the only thing is, is that when we do all of our testing, we take the, the uh, radiator cap off. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that's the wild card there because if the car tests fine with the tester on it, it's because the radiator cap sitting on your workbench. So, at the very minimum, if he can't find anything, have him just replace the radiator cap and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't go off of the, the overflow on the uh, tank either. You have to go off of the radiator. The radiator should be full. Every single time you pull the radiator cap off, it should be full. I don't really care about the, 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 the overflow jug. All I want to do is, what I if I were king of the world, we'd fill all of those up to the full. They would seek their own level. Forget the ad mark. Forget the full mark. All I want is coolant in that jug. I don't care how much, whether it's hot or cold, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I want to see coolant in there, and after that, I don't care. So that's how it works. All righty? All right. Good luck to you, Jerry. Thank you very much. You're in good hands, though. And tell Kurt, if he can't figure it out, to call me, and I'll help him, okay? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. Thanks a lot. Cliff, good morning to you. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Good, good. Motorhome question. Okay. Uh, On the house batteries, of course, they're 6 volts, and they're wired together to produce 12. Okay. Um, Normally, they keep charged because of the solar on the roof, but... It's parked indoors now, and so they don't stay charged. Right now, they're dead. Okay. Um, all right. So my question is, am I better to charge them individually at 6 volts, or 
uh, work them in series on 12. And how many batteries are there? Four? Two. Just two. two. Okay. If you take your digital voltometer, I would touch the negative on one and the positive on the other, and I would find 12 volts. And then I'd put the battery charger on those two terminals, and I'd fire up the battery charger. Sounds good. You, you could, if you're going to do six at a time, you have to disconnect the common that goes between battery one and battery two on the house batteries. So you can okay. do six volts on one and six volts on the other, but I think you're better served by finding the two 12-volt points and then putting your battery charge to that. So it's going to be the positive terminal on one, and it's going to be the negative terminal on the other. And the positive terminal on one of them will have more than one cable. That'll be what we call the common. That's the common connection for all the different power supplies that are coming off the house batteries. The negative cable on the other one will also have a big cable leaving it and going to ground. So you use that negative and that common positive and make sure you're 12 volts and uh, and then hook your charger up there. Okay. We'll All righty. Sounds good. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're an, and, 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 and I, I think you called me the other day and I didn't I, call I, you back and I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. He called okay. you this morning too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alan's, Alan's looking at my phone because I bought a boat and I want to show him a picture of the boat. So he says, "Yeah, Cliff just called you on the phone." Yeah, I know. I, right. I catch you back and forth. Hey, right. good show. Talk to you later. All right, thank Thanks, you very Cliff. much. See you, buddy. All righty. Did you see the boat? Did you both no, see the boat no, picture? No, no. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, in the photos right here, um, it, it, uh, it there's a picture of the boat, and uh, I'll do that while you do the picture of the boat. Okay. And it's a 16-footer, and I just wanted to make sure that the motor was big enough to pull your big butt out of the water. Let me tell you about, um, who am I doing? Um, oh, I, you I did that. Did, yeah. yeah. I'm already done. Oh, you're already done. Okay. All right, I'm done with all of that. But but the idea is is that I, I found a boat. I couldn't get the motor running. It's an outboard motor. And so I made a really good deal with the guy, and I'm going to bring it back to the shop from up north and have the guys, and I'm sure that Eddie, our shop foreman, can get it running and stuff. But right now, um, when it comes to buying cars and trucks, there's lots of that going on right now. So be careful and beware, and let me give you the best advice I could give you. If you're going to buy something, have it checked out by someone who might work on it on your behalf. Let them have an opportunity to pick it apart. I, I promise you, most of us are going to charge you between $75 and $150 for what we call a used car checkover. I don't remember ever not saving the customer the cost of the used car checkover. I don't remember that we've ever not done that. I remember a lady just the other day came in and we, did, we found $500 worth of work that needed to be done now. And as a matter of fact, the people said, we'll give you a $500 credit and you can have it done. So basically, she got $500 worth of discount for what I think we charged her 120 bucks. So it's just a good idea to have somebody check out the boat, the horse trailer, the RV, the trailer, the diesel truck, the gas truck, the suburban, the whatever. Those things, it's important. Let me also tell you about um, Lisa and her VW. I think it was a Jetta diesel. Okay. She took it into a shop, and she ended up with eight quarts of oil instead of four. They forgot to drain the old, and they put the new on top. For three days, they drove it, and here's two important symptoms that she said. Okay. She said intermittently, the engine would rev. The diesel engine would take off kind of on its own. That means it's sucking oil out of the crankcase. Okay. That's bad. Yeah. Then she said it also it made a, a double diesel noise. 
and that means we're trying to compress the engine oil that's in the cylinder and we're hurting things so she, those two things she doesn't understand the the importance of what she said right but i do right right so she calls me and she says this is what happened shop a did it but i took it to shop b they found it was full and i said okay you're worried about problems down the road. She says, I am. It only has 44,000 miles on it. And I said, okay, well, we're going to do an oil sample at 1,000. Then we're going to do another oil sample at 2,000. That'll tell us if anything's coming apart on the inside. If the steel level at the at the 1,000 mark is 0.8 and the steel level at the 2,000 mark is 0.8, then nothing's going wrong inside the motor. On the other hand, if it goes from 0.8 to 4,000, then we've got something coming apart and somebody needs to step up and fix right. it. So that's kind of, and I walk her through that stuff. I said, in addition to that, well, I've heard that the seals will blow out if you put too much oil in it. Well, in the next 30 days, if you don't have any oil on the ground, then you survive that. And right. in reality, that's a wives' tale more than anything else. However, it is possible. So I, I coach her through all of this stuff, and I ask her if I could call her because I didn't want to type all of this. And uh, so we had a conversation. It wasn't more than four or five hours later. I get an email, and this is what it says. It's at the shop number two, and during the test drive, the engine blew up. Oh, man. What a mess. Now, the problem that Lisa has is this. She should have taken it back to the first shop yes. the first time. Yep. When she knew that it was double the oil level inside the engine, she should have taken it back to them to let them see the mistake. Even if she had it diagnosed by the second shop, she should have taken it back to them. The car wasn't under warranty, so she didn't feel like that was important. But now she has two shops. Hopefully the first shop will step up and take care of it. But they could just as easily point the finger at the second shop and call him an idiot or a liar. And at that point, she's in trouble. However, do you have any idea how she's going to get out of this pretty easy? Insurance? I don't know. She reports it to her insurance company that her engine was damaged by the first shop. Right. The insurance company will put her back together and then turn around and go, go after, after right. the first shop. Right. They'll use the information for the second shop, but they'll also hire guys like me right. to go in there and give them a very neutral type of response on what they've got. So I told her to make sure she got witness statements from all the people at shop number two. Hopefully they took some pictures. Hopefully they have pictures of the dipstick showing that it's three inches over the full mark. Hopefully they have the old oil filter. Hopefully they have some of the old oil. Hopefully they have all of that. But she's in big trouble, and the one mistake she made was is she should have taken it back and let yep. the first shop do it because they would have been on the test drive. But clearly what happened was is that the, the, the engine began to drink the oil. The diesel engine began to drink the excess crankshaft oil, right. crank case oil, and as a result of that, we can't compress a liquid. So that diesel is now trying to compress it. Obviously, we wiped out at least one rod bearing, and as a result of that, that's why the motor blew up. Yep. So one and one equals two, two and two equals four, and so forth. Yep. So that's kind of how it works. But... Let if the you, shop give a chance to fix it first. Yeah, yeah. It, at least give them a chance, give them a call. Maybe they want to send a representative over to look at it one way or the other. Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, you can email me, mark at marksalem.com, and I will help you with your car questions. Mark at marksalem.com. My, my website is marksalem.com. So you can stop there and look at the FAQs, and you can also leave me an email there as well. You just say, hey, I want to talk to Mark. So we'll be back next week. If you'd like to join us Saturday from 10 to noon right here on 960 KKNT, we'll be back next week. See you then.